0: Hello and welcome back to the Between the Two Rows Podcast. I'm your host, Forrest Enders, alongside my co-host and brother Lane Enders. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, everyone. It's been a minute since we've been in the studio. Yeah, it's been a really long time.
1: I really don't know how long it's been.
0: Uh I I tried to look and I think it's been over a month, you know, just things. Just one month? I think so. I when I think it was the end of November our last episode dropped. So okay. Month so and a, a half. A little bit over a month. But yeah, we apologize, guys. Things got hectic and uh the podcast didn't get pushed to a pushed To the side, but we had a lot going on. You and could
1: just say life happened, yeah,
0: yeah, really. But yeah, so we're going to go back a little bit and talk about what we've been doing, uh, talk about the end of harvest, how all that went, where we are now, and what we're doing now. So things look a lot different during the middle of the winter than they do in spring or fall or summer, yeah. so totally different groove. So, yeah,
1: our workload isn't it's just not the same year round like it is where anywhere else,
0: yeah, people. People always ask me, you know, like, what time you get off, you know, doing this and that. And it's literally just seasonal. You know, what we're doing seasonal. or what we do is very seasonal. Like, you know, sometimes of the year we're extremely busy and sometimes we're not. And then that's also weather dependent. So, yeah. But, yeah, Elaine, uh, let's go back. So... Last episode, we had Stu on, so we didn't necessarily talk about what we were doing on the farm at that period. And that time, we just talked about, you know, uh, wildlife management and stuff with him. So let's mm-hmm. go back to where we left off. Uh, we well, you know, we finished up corn harvest and then swapped over to soybean harvest, which went extremely well.
1: Yeah, no breakdowns.
0: No, nothing major. I mean, a few little things, you know, like sickle sections and stuff on the header, but uh, nothing too crazy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Lane was around the combine again, but there for the Last, how many days was it? Two or three days? I'd say three. That uh, we mm-hmm. were finishing up on soybean harvest. We actually shifted gears a little bit, and Lane swapped over to planting wheat. So, this year's winter wheat, you know, Lane planted it. I guess that was in October. Does that sound right? Yeah.
1: I don't know. It might have been. I, I Honestly, dude, I have a terrible memory. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, no, it was like November 5th.
0: Okay. So, Lane swapped yep. over to doing that, and then Dad jumped back in the seat of the combine and I was basically the middleman. I was running back and forth taking care of you, getting you going, drilling the wheat, and then going back and forth and helping Dad and Mike and the rest of the guys on the yep. soybean harvest. So we were stretched pretty thin and uh, I know that first day you were about to pull your hair out with the drill. You know, yeah. it's just uh it's just like with the planner or with the combine or anything, that first day of not running it for, you know, ten or eleven months out of the year whatever it is, and then you're trying to bust tail to get something done and
1: yeah well the way that the drill works you have a big bulk tank and it's got a uh, air compressor on it and it's in an air which is blowing the seed all the way down pretty much to the ground yeah and uh so i got i don't even know do you know how many different like disc openers i have or uh 30
0: divided by seven and a half 30 feet divided by seven and a half inches Inches, yeah i don't know Three sixty divided by seven and a half. You want me to do quick math? Yeah, quick math. Here we go. I can't do that. It's, a, it's several. Listen, guys. Is it fifty four?
1: There's so many of them, and each one is like a one inch um, air hose, pretty much. And forty eight. It's dark, and you can't see through. It's not clear or anything. Mm-hmm. And pretty much, what happens is um, uh, after you get done planting wheat, you park the uh, drill or whatever, and Little debris can get hung up in those uh, air hoses, or rat can get in there build a nest, or whenever you're putting in the wheat seed, they put some fungicide on it before we get it, and uh, yeah, sometimes there's like little flakes of fungicide that stop up those air hoses a lot. And so,
0: in in a perfect world, you know, we would take a couple of days and go through it, but when we plant our wheat, which down here we plant winter wheat. So, we planted it in November, and we will gather it early June to middle June, I think. Yeah, let's just say, I think it's early June. So, we will harvest the the wheat in early June and then plant soybeans behind it. So, we'll get two crops off of the same ground in one year.
1: Yeah, in one calendar
0: year. Right. So, we're in a hurry, calendar-wise, to get that wheat planted, but we're also trying to finish gathering that year's crop, too. So, we're always short- manpower and time and everything so it's not like we get the opportunity to really go through it and like prepare for it it just kind of happens
1: yeah and what i was getting back to is that fungicide can flake off and cause a lot of problems and even if you spent two weeks getting the drill ready or what i mean it doesn't matter how much time you spent getting it ready it's still gonna happen yeah and uh anyway i'm out there with limited tools and those air hoses hook onto a barb kind of deal and they're just hard to get off when you're out there by yourself and it's like Two in the afternoon, you haven't eaten lunch yet, and I don't know. A lot of things stack up on each other, and it's stressful.
0: But luckily, you know, you were only a couple miles down the road from where Dad and them were, so I was able to jump back and forth really quick, and our radios that we use, like, you and I, if we were up there with you, could talk with Dad, you know, without having to call him and do all that junk. Right. So it was, like, really helpful to do that. But Lane, uh, what do we call them, gremlins in the drill? Yeah. Gremlins and everything, so... Lane fought those off and uh, finished getting the wheat drilled. And it looks extremely well right now, not going to yeah, lie. It looks grown, great. Dude. It looks great. But, I mean, even before we did that, uh, we did some tillage there. Uh, yep. When we had, we had a couple of rain breaks during soybean harvest, just like we did with corn, and we got some tillage done, which it had corn planted on it, so we harvested corn in mostly the month of September and a little bit into October. Excuse me. So we did some tillage where I was running the, uh, what would you call it? I mean, it's like a deep ripper, yeah. but it's not disturbing the top of the soil at all, hardly. I would say minimally. It's uh runs a deep shank, and basically what it does is kind of lifts the ground up and sets it back down and just opens up space for water and air to get down to the roots. So we wanted to do that, and I ran that, and then Lane was running the uh, turbo till behind me, kind of chopping up that corn residue. Mm-hmm. So we got that done. During a, When it was too wet to combine soybeans, but not too wet to hold the tillage right. implements and stuff up. So we got that done, which was a good change of pace there for a couple of days. Got that done and then wound up soybean harvest and getting wheat drilled and then immediately swapped over to the uh, the winter grind of yeah playing with cows.
1: Yeah, feeding cows every day. <sighs>
0: yeah, yeah. You, want, you want to talk about your personal life a little bit? Yeah, I got married. That's about it. Yeah, uh, I'll at the honeymoon. end of in the uh, description of the podcast I'll link uh, Lane's new address in case you want to send a mail nope. or swing nope. by and say hey you know nope. him and his wife. You
1: can put a PO box of somebody we know <laughs> and do it that way. But don't put my address. Or somebody's
0: phone number we really don't like. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, so Lane got married uh, there shortly after Christmas. Congratulations, thank to you, you. Sarah. Thank Ellen. You. It was a great wedding. Yeah, a little different with COVID, but I think with the circumstances present. I think it was great. Yeah, it worked out good. Worked out really good. And uh, then y'all went on y'all's little honeymoon after that.
1: Yeah, we went on a honeymoon for about five days um, and then came back to real life. It's pretty much, I mean, whenever we bought a house and it had been re- uh, getting remodeled like all summer and into the late fall. And so yeah. we ended up closing in our house probably like 10 days before we got married. Yeah, and so with it being remodeled, there's like not a toilet paper holder, there's not a towel rack. That's just yeah. and so I've been trying to work on those,
0: a lot of small projects. Yeah, and you put in some shelves and stuff the other day too, mm-hmm. which look amazing. I thought yep. they looked really good. And uh, <laughs> like like shortly after y'all bought it, uh, you asked me to help you put in blinds. And yeah, I, oh, it was. I'm not gonna lie. Like I didn't enjoy it, but like obviously I'd help you do that. Like you'd help me do something. Yeah, but we put every single blind in that house, and I wanted yeah. to rip my hair out. It
1: actually didn't take that long. I mean, we put up blinds for 13 windows in, like, a couple of hours, so yeah.
0: it wasn't bad. It's was really simple to do, too. Yeah, and uh, while Lane and Sir Ellen were on their honeymoon, you know, me, Dad, and Mike, we were at work doing our thing, and uh, I guess it was the middle of y'all's honeymoon? Yeah, roughly. Roughly the middle of it. Uh, I woke up one day to go to work, and I had, like, a very, like, dull headache I'm talking like my head like it wasn't like a sharp you know like a sharp like uh, like a, maybe a migraine or something like that it was like very dull and uh, you know the heart rate monitor that I wear also like tracks like your respiratory rate in your sleep so I knew like where that roughly stays at on average and it was like significantly higher than normal so I went to work I think that was a Thursday yeah I went to work that Thursday and uh, I told dad Like, I kind of kept my distance from him, and I was like, yeah. And actually, that night, it was uh, New Year's Eve. Is that how you say that? New Year's Eve? Yeah, New Year's Eve. Yeah, I was supposed to go to another wedding, and then the following morning, I was supposed to go to Arkansas to duck hunt. I was like, man, this this isn't good. I was like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I really don't feel that bad, but it isn't good. So, Dad was like, all right. He's like, help us for a little bit, kind of keep your distance, and you go home and like rest for a little bit and see if you feel any better. And I was like, all right, that sounds like a great idea.
1: Yeah, he said rest instead of be out here for sure.
0: Oh, yeah. So I went home, took a nap, woke up, and I was like, I'm definitely sick, not like terribly sick. Like I've definitely been worse, but I could tell like it, it more or less felt like a cold. And uh, besides that, dull. Yeah, headache.
1: so he got the Rona.
0: Yep. It uh it got me. Uh, you got it. Stayed at home Thursday and Friday and then uh wasn't feeling or still you know, I had several of the symptoms, like the I had a little bit of a fever, the dull headache, and uh I was starting to get like just a little bit achy and uh went Saturday and tested po- that Saturday and tested positive.
1: Yep. They kicked and me then, they kicked
0: me out and said, Hey, uh
1: He pretty much didn't have it, he just had a headache and then I had to me and dad had to play Meals on Wheels for him, and then we had to I had to go grocery shopping for him. And yeah, so I never lost my sense a lot. of
0: taste or sense of smell. But literally the worst thing about it was having to stay at home for 10 days for me. But obviously, like, some people have had, like, Ooh. totally different, you know, some people have been on, like, on death's door. Dude,
1: do you want to talk about what you got for Christmas?
0: Yeah, we can talk about that in a minute. Actually deal with the Rona. But, uh. Yeah, so for the first like five days, Lane was still on his honeymoon, and then the last five days, Lane was back, and I was just uh, standing, on, standing on the other side of my screen door, and they would walk up and like leave food or whatever I needed, and they would walk back, and then I uh, would go out there and get it. A couple of times, I was I acted like I was a zombie, just like walking around the yard, but wasn't fun. But obviously, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah, so, I
1: felt like you had it easy.
0: Yeah, I don't know. It's just weird. And then so last week. Here it is, the uh, 18th. So, last week was my first week back. And it, it took me a couple of days to, like, get back to the work grind, honestly. I was ex- yeah. extremely tired just uh, from working from uh, cardiovascular yeah, so exertion. so
1: we're, we're going to back up a little bit. Um, Forrest has not found a new hobby because we've gotten into this before. But yeah. he fell back into a hobby that he used to like a lot. Yeah. And um, I don't know – you, you tell it from your perspective. Okay. it's like a, like a male fascination with power and like motors it's and all kinds of stuff. Yeah, whatever. And so I don't know how you fell back into this, probably YouTube or something. But um, I, I can tell you. Do you want me to tell you? Yeah, well, you can tell me without
0: saying the subject. Okay. So remember, we were we in several episodes ago. We were talking about the 5K, right? Mm-hmm. So I was getting ready for that. So there was a point where I was starting to be able to run longer and longer distances, and it wasn't like my lungs being my weakest link. It was my legs. So my legs would hurt or be sore, and I couldn't run as much as I wanted to day after day. So I wanted to do some form of exercise that didn't necessarily put a lot of strain on my legs. Okay. So that's how I fell into this.
1: All right. Well, all of a sudden, he goes to the back of the shop. Actually, I think I might have sparked this because we spent a lot of time before Christmas um, trimming a fence row up that had a lot of cedar trees on it, and you know, got our arms all stuck by those cedar oh, yeah. trees. Yeah, I forgot about but, that. But uh, we ran two chainsaws that day for probably, I mean, a couple of hours at least, mm-hmm. and uh, that brings us to his hobby that he fell back into, which is running a chainsaw cutting up wood, making firewood, splitting with a mall, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Even though I
0: have no use for firewood
1: Yeah, whatsoever. I mean, back when we were in, I guess we were both in high school. No, it was before I could
0: even drive. Was it? At the beginning, yes, but towards the end, no. Anyway, I we,
1: drive. we were just two wild Comanches out here running chainsaws because we thought we were cool. Well, and the thing uh,
0: was, like, Dad and them over the years had, like, you know, I would say 10 or 12 chainsaws. Yeah, I mean and,
1: they had to go cut firewood, right? And then
0: and then they also sold firewood when they were younger. So I was I told Dad one day like I want to learn how to do this. So he like pulled this old old chainsaw out that had like a like a ten inch bar. Yeah, and he was like it used to run if you can get it running right. He's like I'll I'll teach you how to run one. So I I fixed it. Got it running good and then like it wasn't big enough to do what I wanted to do. So I look like stair step my yep, way up yep, that's through, how it their, goes. through their collection until I was running like a bigger chainsaw. But the only thing is, so I was doing it for exercise to begin with, and I was like, man, I wish I could like sell firewood or do something to like so I enjoy it, but it would also be better if I could like see it through, you yeah. know, do something with it. But it does not pencil out. The amount of work you have to do, like, running running a chainsaw is only half of it. You know, splitting the firewood and stuff like that. Running
1: a chainsaw is the easy part. Yeah. It's a machine so working for you.
0: There for about two or three weeks, I was running a chainsaw, splitting firewood. And then, I wouldn't say I'm burnt out on it yet. Like, I've definitely... I'm not as excited about it as I originally was. but
1: Yeah, we tend to both do that. So
0: for Christmas this year, I asked for a new chainsaw, and I got a new chainsaw. And yeah. let me tell you, she he bad. He says
1: it's the meanest chainsaw per weight distribution that you yeah, can buy.
0: It's a, it's a professional chainsaw that I got yeah. from our local dealer here in Hartsel, which are good friends of ours. And yeah. uh, Well, Dad got it for me for Christmas, but she bad. It's it's probably the biggest chainsaw we've ever had on the farm, but you don't necessarily need a big chainsaw on a farm. So
1: this happened right before Christmas. He started getting all into chainsaws and stuff. And then for Christmas, he got a chainsaw. And I left just after Christmas on my honeymoon. And uh, while I was gone, he was sending me pictures. He was falling like i don't know how big in diameter a tree was but cutting down standing trees
0: well the, before I we never s- really did before, before i got sick we were cleaning up on that same farm and doing stuff and i actually first time i'd ever done it like cut down some trees that needed to be removed anyways like okay. so, a fully grown tree yeah, so i had that but uh go back to christmas uh we were headed over to mom's uh christmas eve or christmas day i can't remember and uh, you'll remember this but uh so I was running a little bit late over to mom's, and I have to go across the railroad tracks to get to my mom's house. Oh yeah, and uh, I pull up to the tracks, and like traffic is backed up on the eastbound side on Highway 36 in Hartsel, downtown. And like I pull up, and there's nobody on my side, so it's like, oh, a train must have just come through. Was well, I pull over the tracks? There's just one car that was like pulled up, like the first ones at the I guess that what crossing, would you call it? Yeah, crossing. at the railroad crossing. They were like uh, the first ones there. Well, I pull up, and they are not moving, and everybody behind them is just sitting there. So I, like, looked at it, you know, for a second or two, and it's this elderly couple, you know. I mean, just sitting there, and the man is uh, in the driver's seat, and he's passed out asleep, like, over his left shoulder. Like well, I like didn't he gets... know he was asleep. Well, I didn't know that at first, so I, I freaked out. Well, he's, like, out. Like, I couldn't tell if they were passed out. Like, who knows? He's up against the driver's window, <laughs> out cold, and then his wife is in the passenger seat and she, her chin is going straight down. I mean, she's out cold too. So, you know, like the first thing I thought was like, uh, you know, stroke, heart attack or anything like that, but the chances of both of them being out. Yeah, like, at
1: the same time.
0: It's like, I don't know. So, I just like, I didn't beat on the window, but I just kind of, you know, just yeah. hit their window pretty good. And she woke up from like, I don't know where she, she was in another dimension. Yeah. And uh, she just reached over and just smacked him in the chest. Like, I'm talking like pretty hard, just smacked him. And he looked up. He didn't know where he was. Like, he was confused. And he, like, looked around. Car was still running. I mean, he slammed it and drive. And it looked like they were racing a quarter mile. I mean, that thing was gone. And, like, everybody was like, so I just, like, got back in my truck, you know, whatever. And, like, just... Just drove off, and everybody was looking at me like I was crazy. Yeah. It was but the a thing funny was, story. like, Sarah Ellen was like a red light behind me, and she, like, saw the whole thing play out, and she was headed to mom's. So yeah. I had to, like, tell the whole story because she didn't know what I yeah. was doing. But <laughs>
1: yeah, that was funny.
0: Yeah. So if anybody knows that elderly couple in Hartsel that I saved, uh,
1: yeah. Tell them I said, hey, hope so they doing well. We had a good Christmas. We hope everybody else did too. Yeah. Force absolutely. got into, uh, Got into his new hobby, got sick, and got the wheat planted. Got married, got the honeymoon over, got the house in the works.
0: What uh, else oh, been yeah. going on during y'all's wedding? Uh, we were standing, uh, so we were about to start like the ceremony. Everybody's walking in, and uh, I think it was Madeline. Madeline's like, "Where's Sarah Ellen's ring at?" And I was like, "I don't know." Like I, f- I figured like somebody would approach me and say, "Here's the ring." You know, I'm I'm not calling shots here. She goes, "Yeah." And we're, like, lining up to walk down the aisle. And uh, so I go find Sarah Ellen, and she, like, hands it to me. And I was like, so do I just put it in my pocket? Madeline's like, no, put it on your pinky. That way, like, it, it won't come off. Like, you'll know where it's at. I was like, okay. So we get up there, go through the ceremony, a good bit of it. You know, I'm standing there, my hands crossed, you know, hands are sweating, a little nervous, even though I'm not doing anything well, they're like, and, uh, bro, I
1: swear they cut the air off during the ceremony.
0: You started leaning a little bit. You have to stand still. No, there was a time or two you rocked pretty good. And, like, <laughs> okay. No, I'm, you were kind of swaying a little bit back and forth. But, uh, so they're like, uh, blah, 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 Sarah Ellen. do you, blah, And so you like turn around for the ring. Well, like I had already been trying to get it off my pinky. I didn't push it up over my knuckle, but I guess my hand like swelled a little bit, like being sweaty. I yeah. couldn't get her ring off for, I would say no more than like five, like a second. millisecond, uh, a couple seconds, but it was like long enough for me to like almost have a panic. We'll attack. We'll
1: say this: he's a little exaggerant because I didn't even notice there was a time that he couldn't get it off. So
0: yeah, well, I'd been trying to get it off. He's a as good storyteller. So yeah, Sarah Ellen, I'm sorry, but I wore yep. it, I wore it first.
1: So, that, that.
0: You, you going into the winter grind now?
1: Yeah, sure. Whatever.
0: Yeah. Oh, let's talk about Beth. Okay.
1: kiss I have the video from her still, so we could post that. It'll be funny. <laughs> what video? We're riding in the ranger, carrying her. Oh, really? Yeah. She's going,
0: Beth. Okay. So, I would say probably two summers ago uh, at a at a farm that we rent, or rented, uh, there was an older cow that uh, – you know was kind of staying by herself having a little bit of trouble so and times like that we will bring them to our uh, pasture there at our shop where we can keep a, a lot better eye on them yeah. you know live out the rest of their days you know she was an older cow so we brought her back and she wasn't in great health then but her being there and us being able to take care of her she she was in a lot better yeah, she wasn't man, the quickest cow out almost there. made a come like a full comeback yeah so she wasn't she obviously wasn't extremely fast walk or anything she took her time but she looked really good and so she stayed there for two years or so and uh so a month or two ago uh you know I can see the pasture driving into work and look out there and there's a brand new calf and I couldn't figure out whose it was so we ride out there and we called her granny yeah and uh we go out there and granny had spit out a calf don't know how she did it whatever but she had had a calf and uh so there for about a week or two we kept a close eye on them but having that calf just was almost too much for. Her. Yeah. And uh so we kept a close eye on them. She was taking care of it pretty well. And then there probably about day 10 or so, it w- it was just too much for. Her. She wasn't going to she couldn't make it. Uh and the calf obviously wasn't going to make it if she couldn't make it. Right. So we uh took the calf in and have been bottle-feeding her, which we thought she was a boy to begin with. Yeah. Uh, it's really hard to tell when they're that small yeah. i mean you could you can easily
1: tell if you do some investigating, but yeah we don't
0: we i I just failed to investigate and just assumed and it, she was very aggressive too because yeah. she had spent those ten days you know with her mother and yeah not it's us.
1: different if um a cow has a calf and then instantly has health problems and um passes away or whatever, and that calf never really understood what was going on, and then we brought her in. All you know? it's used
0: to is people.
1: Yeah, but this calf did spend uh, about a week and a half with its moth, I think. Yeah, roughly. And so she was uh, not very happy when we had to take her into human care.
0: Yeah. she She's turned the corner. She, was, she wasn't in bad shape to begin with. The but, calf wasn't, yeah. But she would not have made it out there on her own, and no. we actually had to put granny down, which is a sad thing. But, you know, I feel like we could talk about this a little bit, not much. I don't want to – it's just not a good subject. But I think you and I have both learned from a young age that, you know, there are worse things than death, you know, uh, suffering. Yeah. One of those things. But we we had to make a decision that she wasn't going to make it. There wasn't any point in her suffering anymore, so we had to put her down. Yeah. Which – it's probably probably easily the worst part of the job.
1: And on a lighter note, she left her mark with that calf she spit out. Oh, that my thing gosh. is a circus animal.
0: <laughs> yeah. So we we caught Beth, whose name was Rip at the time, and brought her to the barn, put her in her pen, yeah, and uh, started to bottle feed her. Well, I mean, she's she was fair. We got a pic a picture we'll post on the Instagram. But she was fairly small. But she would like run at you, and you know, the way like bulls or cows or whoever will sit there and like dig with They'll their paw the ground. Yeah, sit there and doing that. She was doing that when she was like 45 pounds. Yeah, like didn't <laughs> did have a care in the world. She was wanting to fight Wilson.
1: Yeah, she'll run, she'll run to a fence, get
0: you right. But she's, she's calmed down a lot, and uh. She's got a friend now. As of today, we put another calf in there with her. to yep. help her get started on feed because she's about to get weaned off the bottle. Yep, she doesn't know it yet.
1: Yeah, I want to say another thing. We we try not to bottle feed calves if at all costs. Like, um, it's like a precautionary thing to yep. make sure they get what they need. But it's a chore. Like when you first start them out, they take one bottle a day. And then when they get bigger, you go to two bottles a day. I mean, every single day, it does not matter what's happening.
0: Yeah. And every single one of them are different. Mm-hmm. They've got personalities. You're having to take care of them. Some and, of them
1: uh, don't want to take the bottle. It's just, it's yeah. a whole ordeal.
0: Yeah. It's, but it's also it's something that, like, it's almost every year this happens to me. Like, there will be a calf that has to be bottle fed, and I get excited for it. There for like yeah. the first couple of days, like ah, oh, I get to bottle feed a calf again.
1: Yeah, and then this is what happens. It's kind of funny to watch it play out. Then Force gets stuck with the chore of bottle feeding it every day. So,
0: yeah, that's that slowly diminishes away, and then you're just yeah. stuck having to get there and then getting milk all over your hands. Yeah, I mean
1: they're an infant. You sp- you need to be there at the same time almost every single day, so get on a routine kind of thing. Yeah, but yeah, that's been an adventure.
0: <laughs> you want to talk about what we were doing this time last weekend? yeah we can this time that that in today's monday so a week ago yesterday uh it was my first day back at work unofficially but yeah i went in i told dad was driving a truck and i said hey let me just go in and feed beth for you i'm like i won't be around anybody you know and i could have come back to work that day but it was sunday so we weren't really doing anything anyway yeah and on my way in i noticed a, a cow that was laying down kind of awkward in the same pasture I was talking about where I could see her from the road. And I was like, all right, well I'll feed Beth and go check it out. And, uh, as I'm up there mixing the bottle for Beth, uh, our cousin lives up the road pulled up he's like, Hey, there's a, there's a cow that's, uh, having a problem calving up there. And I was like, okay, I'll be up there in a second. And he's like, well, I'll just ride with you. So after I fed Beth, we rode up there. Well, I called Lane. Lane was getting ready for church. I was like, Hey, there's a cow or a, it was actually a heifer. Yeah. Which complicates things even more. Uh trying to spit out a calf and she's been having trouble and uh so we get up there kind of I don't know how do you I guess you could just say it. I, I'm going to say it. Uh, you could see two hooves coming out her back end like she's yeah. got it halfway pushed out
1: and to explain somebody that hasn't been around it, that's it's not abnormal to see that out of a heifer. Their first time having a calf, um, yeah. at the, at, it's literally it's like five or ten percent of heifers have trouble calving their first time.
0: Right. Right.
1: And so anyway, a lot of the times uh, everything goes smoothly. or you just have to assist her giving birth, pretty right. much. And uh, she was having some problems, and it took us a while, and then. I can let you take it on from yeah, here.
0: So, Lane and I, in the pasture, she was laid out flat, which isn't good in the, in the first place. So, we tried pulling just a little bit and weren't getting, when I, when I say pulling, we're literally trying to pull the calf out of the mother. Yeah. And uh, we were having trouble, and uh, so we're like, let's get her back to the barn, get her up. And we st- we sat her up, and she immediately still had plenty. Of, it wasn't like she was, like, giving out for right. the, from being in labor, right. which was good. But then again, we had known that she had been in labor for a while already. So the likelihood of the calf still being alive, we knew, wasn't great. But we, at least, if anything, wanted to save the mother from hemorrhaging or anything like that. Oh. So we got her to the barn, tried a little bit more, and we're still having trouble. So we were going to take her to uh, the vet there in Hartsville. And uh, finally got her loaded up and got up there, And uh, which is our uncle's. And uh, we helped him. Well, he did the majority of the work, but he also taught us a lot. Yeah. About pulling heifers, which... Yeah, which
1: uh, we have been around, I guess. But yes. we haven't... Really, we haven't had much problem out of a heifer um, in a yeah. long time. I'm talking about, like, us with our cattle. I mean, it's been yeah 10 years, probably. Mm-hmm. I'm not right. even kidding.
0: Well, I mean, it's been a while since we've had a group of heifers calving anyways. And then right. we also picked the bull they're going with to try to have a lighter weight birth calf. That way they don't have trouble.
1: Right. And I also want to add in... We don't run, uh, like, full blood of any type of cow. It's all just mixed breeds in there, and that really helps with right certain breeds have certain problems. So, if you have a mix of all yeah. breeds, you, t- well, I mean, you normally don't have any there's health certain, issues.
0: There are certain breeds that have extremely heavy, like, large calves, yeah. and that can be a problem for a heifer for her first calf. If it's, yeah. I wouldn't say twice the size of a normal one, but larger, yeah. you know, it's I mean, it's physics. It's, yeah, it's not easy. Y'all
1: can figure it out.
0: <laughs> yeah. So once we got her up there, you know, I realized that it was two front legs that were sticking out, and uh, so we loaded her up, took her to Hartsel, and uh, what you can tell, tell them what our are
1: all right for anybody that has cows and has never pulled a calf or just interested in how it works. This is where the, these are the rules you to follow. You always have to have three objects sticking out, or else you can't do anything to help her. Not well, necessarily I mean, sticking to go out, to but,
0: but ready.
1: Yeah, so you either have to have two front hooves and a head. Yep. You can. The second option is two back legs and a tail. Yep. And the third rule is make sure they're legs from the same calf.
0: Make sure they're not twins. Or right. Something so like there's that. not
1: twins in there. So you're right. pulling on two different calves. But um. Yeah, so I learned that. That's the first really big piece of information that I've ever known or been right. taught, I guess. I was so, we were so young the last time we were around a calf being pulled. I right. mean, and
0: I wasn't like, 10 years old. Like Lane old. was saying, like we've been around, but we weren't the ones actually pulling the calf. You know, there's usually somebody there that's more experienced than we are with yeah. pulling calves.
1: I mean, I'm talking about like I was barely double digit age. And so when it got to nitty gritty time, I was probably closing my eyes or. Doing something yeah. else, you know.
0: But we got her up there, and he got the calf pulled. And the calf, the calf didn't make it. You know, it already passed away. And I was asking him. I, was, I said, uh, "So how long can a calf, you know, be viable with you pulling it like that?" And he said that it depends solely on when the cord breaks. And when he says that, he's talking about the umbilical cord. Mm-hmm. But he said he's seen a uh, a heifer that has been in labor labor for close to 48 hours and he pulled the calf out and it'd still be alive
1: because the umbilical cord had just broke like when right he and did he said but digi. he
0: said he's also seen a heifer going to labor two hours and he pulled the calf and it's already it's already passed away yeah so he said it, it's just solely on when the umbilical cord breaks and when that happens you've got three minutes to get that calf out of there it's not going to make it yep so her pushing you know by herself, and she was on the she was in a terrible spot too, yeah. like it was we would not have been able to see her. you know, I should have been checking a little bit better, but uh so the calf didn't make it, but we were able to save her, and she's doing perfectly fine now, yep. so
1: yep. yeah, it was kind of cool to see him perform his duties, yeah, I was yeah, interested
0: yeah it's it's something that's uh, I mean, it's part of what you don't see every day, yeah. what you and I don't get to see, and it's very interesting to me, stuff similar to that and the things that he gets, or he has to do or gets to do up there. Yeah,
1: and you learned, you gained some knowledge if if that ever happens again, you know, what to do, or yeah. if something goes wrong, you can call the vet, you know, as right. soon as you see what's happening, boom, let's yeah. get this figured out.
0: Well, uh, so ever since harvest and planting of the wheat finished up, we've been I wouldn't say solely dedicated to cattle. We've been doing some other little projects and stuff, yeah. but the majority of our time has been emphasized on cattle, either moving uh, haylage, which we can talk about that, exactly what that is. Uh, I think we
1: brushed up on it a little bit when Collins was here.
0: Yeah, he. I remember him bringing it up and talking about it. But I don't know if we really went into depth about what it is. Yeah, we
1: did. You sure? Yeah, we even talked about percentage of moisture and all that we'll stuff. We talked about
0: triticale and everything yep. like that? Okay. Well, if, if you need to go, yeah, back, go and refresh, back and listen, listen to, to the one. Flint Valley Farms episode. So we've been, uh, oh, actually on our Instagram, we showed the process of us using the slicer to cut the bales in half and uh, put them on the feeders where we can just drive up to the pastures and unhook the feeder and mm-hmm. hook to an empty one and bring it back. And, uh, I mean, that's basically it, and putting out feed and just taking care of everybody. Yeah. It's been been nasty for the past couple weeks.
1: Yeah, it's been raining a good bit. But I just wanted to reiterate for people that that aren't around ag all the time. During the summer months, cattle are um, semi-self-sustainable. I mean, as long as they have grass to eat and water to drink and some minerals here and there, they can pretty much um, be okay on food uh, for the majority of the time. And then during the winter, as the grass dies out, I mean they're pretty much like infants too. Like you have to keep them fed every single day. Or right, but there whatever. are also
0: things around that too. You know, we could plant a winter crop yeah. like the like the wheat that we plant to harvest. You could plant wheat, ryegrass, triticale, any of those winter crops that grow during the winter, and yeah. they could uh, forage off those.
1: Yeah, we could turn them out. But that a bush. lot of
0: the times, you still have to have uh, some more nutrition. Yeah. In their diet. You
1: have to supplement it. You know, that's not going to last them all winter if you plant that.
0: Right. So, yeah, it's – and I don't know. It's just been nasty. And here the past five or six days, it's been pretty – it's been cold, but it's been windy and sunny, which has really helped dry things out. But, you know, we've been hovering right above that freezing line. So, it's rain. It's literally as cold as you can get and still be raining. Yeah. And it's just – it's difficult on the cattle – because they're a lot of what their energy and uh, nutrition consumption goes to is just uh, producing heat to stay warm, right? And then us out there in just the most miserable, miserable conditions possible, taking care of them. And uh, it's not something that I like really enjoy out there doing the hard work. But then at the end of the day, you know, I've got a sense of pride in uh, being out there in those harsh elements, taking care of those animals. And I think that's that's something that a lot of Uh, cattle owners and ranchers and farmers have is a lot of pride in uh, just being out there and I don't want to say suffering, but, you know, being out there taking care of them.
1: Yeah. I was just trying to look up, if you could uh, try to keep the audience at bay, but I'm trying to look up, like, how much how many how many pounds of forage or grain mixture or whatever a cow needs like at thirty two degrees I don't know if anyone's done some research on that
0: uh I'm sure there is but I mean we've figured it out over time have we talked about bovine nutrition at all on here and there not really digestive I w- honestly system
1: I wouldn't say it's my specialty so yeah. I don't like to go in depth about stuff that I haven't
0: i I, I know enough to like to uh Well, I know enough to get me in trouble, basically. But, uh, you know, cattle have four stomachs. Right. Well, you can either say four stomachs or four parts of their stomach. But uh, so cattle differ in a little bit than us, whereas uh, our bodies produce uh, enzymes and bacteria and things like that in our stomach to break down food. But it's generally the same bacteria that your body is creating. Whereas cattle, when they consume something, their body produces certain bacteria and enzymes for that food so if you feed let's say you've got a calf and you feed him dry hay one day so he produces he or she produces the enzymes bacteria to to digest that food if you feed them something else the next day there's a lot of energy that's wasted there switching over and there's a lot of food that's lost there so if you go to like dairies and things like that which you know dairies have been around a long time and they've got this down to a science and you've seen the beef side of cattle kind of catch on to this but using tmrs which we have done that for a little bit there's a lot of work involved it's called a total mixed ration and basically what most dairies do and a lot of these beef producers do is uh all the ingredients in the feed so they'll have like dry hay corn silage haylage like we do uh different grains and stuff they mix it all together so when that cow takes a bite of that feed everything that they need is in that one mouthful, but the key is to only feed them that, so that way they're producing the same bacteria and enzymes day in day out, not yeah. having to switch.
1: I think I found my answer. Um, this is just straight from an article um, from Purina, actually, on their website. But anyway, it says a. Um, let's see if I could find. I just had to scroll up. Pretty much a thirteen hundred pound cow. Yeah. Um, needs anywhere from 13 pounds of forage to 20 pounds of forage per day at 32 degrees. So, if you, uh, I think it honestly, is, I I'm think su- our cows eat more than that. I was about to say, sure. honestly,
0: I'm <laughs> surprised it's not higher than that, but that may be at like 100% efficiency. Yeah, I don't know. Which mm-hmm. I know they're not 100% efficient. There's a lot. Of waste involved, yeah, which goes into that idea that I had about the uh, yeah. anaerobic digestion. I'll just say
1: this: um, our cows never go hungry, and so we have to feed a lot. That's about all I know.
0: Well, like those feeders, so the ones there around our shop, we put two bells in there, and I would say the bells weigh about eighteen hundred pounds a piece, and that may be on the shy side. They may weigh a little bit more than that, a little bit less. Yeah. Depending on the bale, and they go through two of those bales every two days.
1: And they also have dry hay out there, too, and we're feeding them feed at the same time. So. Right, so do
0: 1,800, that's 3,600 pounds every two days. So 1,800 pounds every day, and what are there, 25 cows?
1: I don't know. I was just going to make it easy and say 3,600 pounds and – We'll just say 36 cows, which that's probably not right, but 36 – I mean, that's 100 pounds between two days. That's 50 pounds a day. Right. But, you know, their calves are eating on it too, so.
0: Yeah, and which is – that amazes me, and you brought this up the other day at work, is these young calves, I mean, like two, three-week-old calves will be right up there with a feeder with the rest of them eating haylage just like nobody's business. And processing
1: it just fine, not having any problems,
0: too. Yeah, which is another thing why – Beth hasn't been turned loose into the pasture yet with the rest of the cows, is her digestive system is not at the same point that a calf the same age as her off their mother would be at because they're getting a lot of uh, a lot of their immune system, a lot of their bacteria and things like that come from their mother. And with yeah. Beth being raised off of a bottle, she is very prone to what they call bloating, where if, uh, if I were to turn her out there, she would eat a bunch of you know grass and hay and things like that. And her body would try to digest that and produce a lot of gas where she wouldn't be able to pass it. Yeah. And uh, she can actually suffocate. It's just
1: like human bloating, but from a different cause.
0: Yeah. And can if a human were to bloat, could they like die from not being able to breathe? Um, Or is that
1: just cattle? I'm not sure. I mean, I think a cow having four different stomachs takes up a lot more um, space in their total body. Yeah. Compared to our stomach. Yeah, I wanna so say I it's know.
0: just them being a, them suffocating because of their
1: bad things could happen, so we haven't done it. But
0: yeah. Their anatomy we've, architecture.
1: We've been doing that a lot this summer. We've been piddling on some Summer. Some, some. what'd I say? You said we've been doing a lot of we've that. We've been this doing summer. a lot of that this winter and uh we've been doing some construction type work trying to clear some land here and there and what else have we been doing? Today.
0: You want to talk about today?
1: Yeah, we can. It wasn't fun for me, but.
0: Yeah, Lane got a little fussy this afternoon. But today, we actually started our first little bit of preparation for the uh, 2021 crop. Yep. When I say, pre- I mean, land preparation, because we've already been looking at different seed. And with as crazy as the market is right now, we've been planning on what we're going to plant where, you know, things like that. But today, we started spreading chicken litter on some of our farms that, uh that we planned to plant pretty early. So that was, I wouldn't say eventful, but, I mean, it it went fairly smooth for me, I can say that. Yeah. So we were in tractors pulling uh, litter spreaders, which we got some footage of that too, just spreading. I guess the only eventful part
1: was that there, my last load of spread, um, there was some litter that had excessive uh, moisture in it, and it tends to stick to the side of the litter spreader, not fall down onto the chain, which drags it to the rear. Yeah. But anyway, we had a time doing that, and yeah. I got really nasty.
0: Lane had some bridge up, and, uh, you know, chicken litter doesn't seem, doesn't bother me that much. You know, I've grown up around it, spreading it and stuff like that, but this... It was ranked, old yeah, son. Yeah, so this didn't come from what they refer to as bull or houses. This wasn't like meat production chickens. These are the chickens that lay the eggs which those eggs become the chickens that become the meat. So yep. it's a totally different setup, and as crazy as it sounds, the litter is totally different too. It's just nasty, and you you forgot about your hydraulic hose issue too.
1: Yeah. I was running a um, – we got a new litter spreader, and uh, I was running it on probably about my second or th- – I don't know, it might have been my third or fourth load. Um, one of my spinners quit working, and so I got out to go walk around back there and i noticed everything on the left side of the rear at the litter spreader was wet and uh i knew it wasn't wet from the litter it couldn't have been that wet so i found out we had a hydraulic hose that it actually came unscrewed from the fitting it was attached to yeah so
0: yeah it just probably wasn't on there extremely tight for manufacturing and yeah. worked its way loose but I, I i'm extremely surprised you caught it I mean, it's not I'm not being negative towards you, but that is something extremely hard to notice. Yeah. Because you cannot see that it's at the very back of your spreader and it's something you really have to pay attention to. I don't know if I would have caught it.
1: Yeah. I'm not, I don't know how to go about this, but I'm very paranoid running equipment. And so like.
0: Especially something you've never run before. Yeah.
1: There's mirrors and stuff in the tractor, but still I like to just turn around and be able to watch it. And so I spin the seat around and I try to keep a close eye on what's going on behind me. Yeah. Safety-wise, and in case something breaks, I could catch it quicker. And,
0: uh,
1: yeah, paid off, I guess.
0: Yeah. Wilson rode with me in the cab there on the last couple of Yeah, he's a big old boy. Which I wish – if he was half of his size, no problem. Yep. Be easy peasy. He'd be in there with me all the time. But he's not. He's a large dog. Yeah. He doesn't like getting up in there. You have to pick him up partially to get him in there. And then once he gets in there, he gets nervous – And wherever he's at, he will not move from that spot. He usually just, like, locks down. Well, if I push him up in there, he, like, lays right in front of the driver's seat, which I have a clutch on the left, two brakes, and then my throttle on the right. Yeah. He just pushes all the pedals. Every single one of them he could push. He'll lean up against one. All of a sudden, the tractor will be like. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. One time this spring I was planting corn, and I was back there checking the depth of the corn. Yeah. And the tractor was like at idle, and Wilson was in there. And I was like, <laughs> like, behind the planet really close. And all of a sudden, the tractor just went to like max RPM. Like, yeah. vroom, 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 vroom. I remember. And Wilson was just sitting in there. He had like sat on the accelerator. But yeah, so he isn't a big fan of that, but it was good to have him out there. Yeah. I was just trying to keep him out of trouble. I got
1: a note on here that you sent me, and it says, we're going to refer- revert back to the chainsaw uh, saga. You put in your notes right-handed chainsaws. Oh yeah. So go in a little bit of detail. About well, that.
0: I, it was more of a complaint okay. to uh, the way society is. But
1: uh, oh yeah,
0: duh. Go ahead. It, there are no left-handed chainsaws whatsoever. Yeah. And, so
1: uh, you have to hold the chainsaw and operate it as if you're dominant right. Yeah, but it
0: doesn't. It doesn't bother me. I mean, I've as much as I've run it, I've gotten used to it, and it's just like a computer. Yeah. Like. When I was a kid, when they were coming up, when we, like, had, like, computer classes in, like, elementary school, I told them I was left-handed. So they tried to set me up with a mouse on the left hand. Yeah? No. Don't... Yeah,
1: then your fingers would be backwards, right?
0: Don't ever try to do that. That's the worst thing ever. But, yeah, I was, it was. that was more of just a complaint as to... Uh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it, it's not... It's kind of cool being left-handed. I feel unique, but there's... Oh, a, my god. There are a lot of barriers I've got to go through, and I, I don't, don't want to...
1: I keep forgetting to bring. Did I bring your uh, gift over? No. Oh my gosh,
0: you still forgot it. It's okay. Shh,
1: I'm not gonna tell you.
0: You'll be all right. But yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna try to keep pumping out episodes. We have gotten everything down. Lane's busy being a husband and uh, yep, taking <laughs> Full-time care of his, job, taking care of his wife. And the the other day you said something. And I was trying to get you over here to like record an episode, and you said, I have something to do. And I was like, whatever. And you told, you said this word for word.
1: And remember, which, everyone, I'm the younger brother, the one who's married. I'm younger. But
0: I, I wanted to punch you when you said this, but you said, <laughs> you said, one day you'll understand. Yep. I was like, Shut true. Up. It's, it's true. It's <laughs> true. Uh, it's whatever. He'll but, figure
1: it out, everyone. He'll figure yeah, it
0: out. So we've got a couple of guests that, uh, I won't say here in the next few episodes we'll have, but we're trying to work out logistics of having them on, things like that. So, uh, everybody just hang on. Uh, We're going to keep cranking them out, and uh, I guess we'll see you on the next one.
1: Yep. Uh, If you all don't mind, you could check us out over on Instagram at Between Two Rows Podcast. Yes, sir. Share with your friends. Tell them to listen up. Got a couple episodes. I know we're about to start pumping them out because I'm back. I don't have a lot of big events coming up, hopefully. Yeah. So, we'll be back in the –
0: in the, go I'm ahead. back in school, but I'm only got two courses to finish up. Yeah, so
1: so we should be able to get into the grave of things.
0: Yeah, for sure. So thank everybody for, thank you for listening, and uh, just stick around. We'll keep pumping them out.
1: Yep. All right. Peace.